Where we top five the best of 2018 where the Explosion Network is celebrating everything we loved in 2018 from games, music, TV, movies, and online media. You can head on over to explosionnetwork.com slash best of 2018 to find all of our celebratory content. My name is Dylan Blight. Joining me today, Ashley Hobley. Dylan, I'm excited to be here talking about the films shown in the cinemas with the reels and the frames and the projectors. That's exactly how and it And occasionally works on the streaming services. Yeah, I was about to make a note about that. And also, Nicholas Pryor. Yay. Thank you for being here. Thanks for keeping up the enthusiasm. <laughs> Today's episode is all about our top five subcategory stuff, uh, which are best sequel, best streaming original movie, best actor, best director, and best trailer. All right, we're going to jump into it with Nick joining us for the first of these couple categories, and then uh, me and Ash will go through the rest of them. So let's dive into it straight away with best trailer. And at number five, we had Hereditary. Who's going to take care of me? You don't think I'm going to take care of you? But when you die... She wasn't altogether. Horror, drama, uh, movie that came out, of course, directed by Ariasta. Um, really weird, scary trailer. Um, builds up the suspense, suspense, builds up the mystery, I suppose, and definitely makes you go, what the fuck is this? There's a lot of quick editing to uh, shows like fires happening and the yeah. close-up of the, the the daughter character and the clicking, and it's it's just really, really off-putting. Yeah, it's very unsettling. And the thing I love the most about it is that it got me so intrigued to see it, but it didn't tell me anything about it. Yeah, and especially after seeing it, you're like, yeah, that trailer yeah. didn't give away anything. So probably the best part of it. Ash, yeah. do you love this trailer too? It, it was a good trailer. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of interesting imagery, and yeah, it obviously got you interested in the film, which is pretty, for a film that nobody had heard about before, uh, pretty important. I can't wait until you see this, Ashley. (laughs) It's going to happen at some point. It's still happening, yeah, that's for sure. Uh, And number four, what do we have, Ash? Number four, we have Sorry to Bother You. I got promoted. I'm a power caller. What do they sell? They're not selling, yeah. but we sell it. No, there's no amount of money that make me do that. Here's the starting salary. Well, man, I'm going to have to get me some new suits. Uh, oh, such a good trailer. Yeah, I uh, I had not seen this before we were voting on this, and after watching it, I was super intrigued, and I really want to see this movie. I was getting vibes of it of kind of sort of like Wolf of Wall Street, I guess. Yeah, a little bit, but yeah. a bit more... A bit more surreal and uh, yeah, a bit more interesting. Yeah, I, I'm still super pissed. I haven't been able to see this yet. And Me neither. Is it out yet? Yeah. It got a very, very small release here in Australia. Right. I think in a couple of cinemas. Uh, I did a check the other day. It's coming out on DVD in March. Yeah. So it's all ages away. But the trailer yeah. made us want to watch it yeah. so bad. And so. It, is, oh, yeah. it is critically acclaimed over in America. so On a lot of top 10 lists. Oh, yeah. The trailer is just nuts and I love it. Yeah. What do we have at number three, Nick? Uh, we have Mission Impossible Fallout, which is probably my favorite one on the list. Down with the victims. We both know you need them. 
it's a perfect trailer. Like it sets up the scene, the story. I love the integration of the Imagine Dragons song. It just fits right in there, kind of like it was made for it. Yeah. And it just like I haven't seen a Mission Impossible movie for years, even though I've been intrigued. But this one really made me want to go out and see it, which I didn't end up doing. But <laughs> as a trailer, it worked really, really well. I, it's just. It's just exciting. It just shows you all the action, like good action scenes and just draws you right in. Yeah, I agree. It's just, it's yeah. a bunch of action, a uh, bunch, of, bunch of cool moments from fight scenes. And yeah. Even high- just the dialogue of like, uh, this man, this man, the country screwed him over so much. What's he going to do when he screws yeah. him back or something like that? Yeah. yeah. And I agree. Yeah. The song choice plus the editing made it really stand out. Probably, it's probably the best Mission Possible trailer that I can think of, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and for me and Dylan, it actually made us go see the film in the cinema. So. Well, to be honest, I would have seen it without a trailer. So I feel like I'm yep. biased. <laughs> uh, at number two, we have Pokemon Detective Pikachu. Did you just talk? Whoa. Did you just understand me? Oh my God. You can understand me. Stop. I've been so lonely. They try to talk to me all the time. All they hear is Pika Pika. Uh, you can hear him, right? We knew it was coming. We knew it was going to be a movie that was coming. But for me personally, I can say that I gave zero fucks and thought it was going to be terrible. But seeing the trailer, they won me over. I'm down. I'm really excited. And I feel like that was the case for the majority of people. Like the morning it dropped, it was everywhere all over Twitter. People were, for the most part, loving it. Some people had problems with the way the design of the Pokemon. But overall... Uh, mostly po- positive buzz. Either way, I thought it was a really, really great trailer. The first look at our live-action Pokemon potential universe that we can have going. Yeah. Ash? So good. Rick? Just just nobody had any hope, to be honest, that this was going to be good at all or it was ever going to come out. And then for it to be as amazing as it was, uh, it, 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 it just blew my mind, really. Just seeing all the Pokemon brought to life is uh, crazy. And just to have, I never imagined Ryan Reynolds as Detective Pikachu, but it works so well, in my opinion. Nick? Yeah, the thing that worked for me so well was just how out of left field with it, because the amount of times I've seen, like, scrolling through social media and there'd be a link to the post and, like, oh, literally this person's anatomically correct Pokemon artwork, which they actually got him as an art consultant, I guess. But the mm-hmm. amount of times I've seen that art and go, oh, how cool would this be if we actually saw this emotion and come to life and it finally did. And I think that's what's got me so interested and worked so well as a trailer is just so unexpected. Yep. But it was unexpected. You know, we knew it was happening, but yeah, I think everyone was just in the same it, mindset of who cares. <laughs> yeah. I think it, for me, I was anticipating another traditional Pokemon movie animated. Oh, yeah. Well, they put out one of those in 2018 as well, so yeah, I probably put out one 2019 as well. <laughs> well, I know. Yeah, make them forever. Make them forever, yeah. And at number one, uh, the Explosion Network's best trailer of 2018, Avengers: Infinity War. But this does put a smile on my face. kind of hard to go past the trailer for the the kick off the biggest event one of the biggest events in uh cinema that we've had in quite some some time so 
Yeah. Uh, I think it's good selling on this is the climactic event of the past 10 years of build-up. What you've been waiting for. It just worked well as a trailer to get you in and excited for, yeah, like you said, the event of the year, I guess. Yeah. Ash? Even, it, yeah, great trailer with just getting everybody super hyped for this the movie and... uh even though they faked us out with that Hulk cameo in the end. Yeah, I, I like that they faked it out, though, because I prefer them to do that. And Disney's been doing that with the Star Wars trailers, too. Like, you think you know what's up and they're giving away too much, but the footage you're seeing isn't actually in the movie and stuff. I would prefer that. Just just fake me out all the time with footage that's not lying. It's just giving you an overall feel for what the movie will be and stuff. So I don't mind that fake out stuff. No. Yeah. Prefer it. Less spoilers for the actual movie by still giving me a cool trailer. It's win-win on both it, accounts as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I don't know if I'd, a non, if it is a spoiler or not. Yeah. Is it a unspoil? I don't, I don't, know. I don't know what you're talking about, to be honest. So it, at the end of the trailer, they're all running and Hulk's in it, in running with all of them. Right. Mm-hmm. But obviously in the film, Hulk doesn't show yeah. up in that last okay, battle. Okay, right. Spoilers. I totally so. forgot all about that. It's been a long time since yeah. I've seen it. It was the number one shot everyone loved from that trailer. Yeah. Captain America leading the charge and everything. So. And it wasn't in the film. <laughs> yeah. And in fact, they're not even in the forest like that when they're fighting. fighting yeah. So. Uh, anyway, that's our number one best trailer of 2018. Moving on to the next category. We've got best streaming original. So this is a Netflix original, Stan original, Amazon original, et cetera, et cetera. Straight up streaming original movie, even if you got a limited release, but it was published, uh, produced, put out by Netflix, for example, uh, which in some of the, the case of these, they did get limited releases of sorts. Uh, starting at number five, we have Set It Up. Wake me up at midnight, but don't startle me. Play a lullaby or something that just slowly increase the volume. What are you still doing here? I'm always the last one here. I'm always the last one here. The two of them are always in this office. Let's just lock them in a room together so they can have sex with each other. you're a fan of this movie. Yeah, this is a super charming film uh, starring Glenn Powell and Zoe Dooch. Yeah, I just love this film just as a, the, they're just super fun. And I just want to watch them do anything. They just have great chemistry. Um, Tay Diggs is really good as like an overbearing boss who has a penchant for temper tantrums. Lucy Lou's in it. She does a great job. Uh, Pete Davison is a gay best friend. He's quite amusing in the scenes he's in. Uh, yeah. There's a lot to like about it. Uh, I just find myself going back and watching segments of it because I just love part, different parts and just, you know, makes you feel good. I just want to be... Yeah. Love like that. <laughs> I do know, Ash. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do we have at number four, Nick? Uh, we had The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. This will tell the tale. It is a Western anthology film done by the Coen brothers an ensemble cast with all different vignettes. Um, I really, really, really enjoyed this film. Watching it at the time, I wasn't too crushed on it, but crushed hot on it. But after watching it and thinking about it and it all just processing in my mind, I just became more and more fond of it. Uh, Just all the little stories worked really, really well. Um, wonderfully acted, music, shot. Yeah, I just really, really loved it. Yep. 
Have you watched this one, Ash? Yeah, I have. It's it it is a very interesting piece. Obviously, some parts are stronger than other pieces, but I think overall it is a very unique, very cool uh, piece of content from the Coen Brothers. Yeah. Yep. It they, this would definitely have not been made unless it was there. There was a streaming service that would allow them to make this. So. Yeah. Without Netflix, I, I, I don't one. see how well it would have went uh, theatrically. Mm. Yeah. And number three, we've got Hannah Gadsby's Nanette uh, special. Do you understand what self-deprecation means? It's not humility. It's humiliation. I want my story heard because... What I would have done to have heard a story like mine. It's a stand-up comedy special, kind. It's a, it's a comedy special, but also a TED talk, I guess. <laughs> I guess. It starts off as a comedy special. Yeah. And, and then, then morphs into a, something more important. Yeah. And it was still one of the most, like, it still stands out to me, reaching the end of the year as just, like, one of the the, the most... In grow like I've just stared at someone on, on my TV and I just could not blink like uh, like her telling that story and just going off and getting angry and getting louder and everything like this was a, a ma- like this is the best of all Netflix's uh, comedy specials if you want to put it in that category by far and the fact it blew up everywhere in America to the point that she's like well fuck it I can't retire now uh, yeah. kind of just proves how big it was I guess yeah what do you reckon Ash yeah it was just an incredible performance. At the perfect time. I mean, we we all liked Hannah Gadsby before this. I remember seeing her on with Adam Hills on his show. Um, I can't remember what it's called. Something Spick on the street. Specs. Some street. No, it was the the talk show he did before the last leg. But uh, yeah, she was good on that. But yeah, this just another level. Incredible. Mm-hmm. What do we have at number two, Ash? At number two, we have. To all the boys I've loved before. Junior year. I can hardly believe it. Thanks, Dad. Well, we need to talk about your sexual health. No, no, please no. I want you to be safe. Dad, why are you giving me these? Don't forget to have fun. Yes, well, I have a lot of rubbers for that, specifically. Uh, starring... I think you should branch out. Lana Condor and Noah... Noah, the heartthrob that every all the girls <laughs> like now. <laughs> yeah, like that last, that last name can get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this was this was very surprising. Uh, this is so good. Um, continuing the trend of really good rom coms on Netflix this year. Uh, yeah, it's super charming. Uh, all the family dynamics and the the boyfriends and the plot and the yeah, it just worked really well. And obviously, it was very beautiful, incredibly shot, uh, especially for what it was a Netflix rom- romantic comedy. You wouldn't expect it to be look as impressive as it does, but it, yeah, definitely one of the standout things on streaming services this year. Well, one thing I found out recently that we didn't know when we first talked about this film, which was on uh, What Do You Want to Watch, which of course you should yep. check out if you enjoy the three of us talking movies and TV, was the same cinematographer that did to all the boys I loved was also the cinematographer on all 10 episodes of The Haunting of Hill House. Oh. And the cinematographer on Gerald's Game. <laughs> and Ouija Origin Evil and a whole bunch of other horror movies there. You know, but so co- that, you know, <laughs> guess they were just sort of sick of the uh, horror movie <laughs> stuff. So they just went balls deep into this uh, romantic comedy, made it as 
opposite as possible. Yeah. Um. I, I really love this movie and to, to the point where the, uh, as of when we're recording this, the last couple of days I've been really wanting to rewatch it um, because of whenever I felt like putting on like comfort movie, I feel like that this could be a very comfy movie to come back to. And it's been a while since I originally watched it. So I think it's might be time very, very soon, maybe even today later, who knows, but it's a lot of fun. The lead uh, Lana Condor is great. But of course everyone else in the movie is also really fantastic. Great soundtrack everything like that just highly enjoyable and they just recently announced Netflix is going to be doing a sequel so can't wait whoa for that whoa well. whoa <laughs> calm down that's what he says he says whoa yeah. whoa yeah <laughs> and Nick what was our number one streaming service original movie of 2018 Annihilation but something has you're a biologist you served in the military if I knew what happened I could save his life the boundary's getting bigger it's expanding we're talking cities states you need to know what's inside so do i starring natalie portman and a bunch of other people <laughs> <laughs> that is uh i mean you're it's, not uh, you're not Tessa wrong Thompson, technically gina rodriguez yeah. and uh jason isaacs uh yeah so it's got Natalie Portman, Jennifer Jason Lee, Tessa Thompson, right. uh, Sonia Mizuno, Oscar Isaac, Gina Rodriguez. Uh, I'm sure I've left off some people, but uh, written and directed by Alex Garland based on the book by Jeff Vandermeer. Uh, well, series of books of which this one, from what I've read, seems to take place of like the third one or something like that. I don't know. Released in cinemas in America on streaming yeah. services everywhere else. Yes. Because they don't like the- us. The big difference was, it, yeah, for us, it is a straight-up Netflix release. It didn't even get a limited release here, I don't think, or maybe it did. I'm not, nope. I'm not sure. But, yeah, zero limited release. Um, and it was kind of kicked off the year when it released as a, hey, Netflix is here, and we're ready to spend money, and yeah, look at this. big dick out, slapped it on the table, got this, t- got this massive And then it started out. shimmering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Better get that checked out, Netflix. Yeah. Um, But Annihilation is a very hardcore sci-fi fantasy horror movie. And as much as I wished I could have watched it on the big screen, I'm... I quite, I still quite enjoy the fact that a movie like this is showing up as uh, on Netflix and still building towards that. Hey, Netflix as a platform is fucking serious. And in 2019, we're going to have the Martin Scorsese film come out on Netflix and whatever else, and that's going to continue to grow what is this this platform and hopefully more people take it serious but i think I, annihilation definitely came out star 2018 and was like yeah as you said big dick here look this is a set the a tone big, really for the year yeah it, it kind of set the tone a lot, a lot more because the the year prior it was netflix was like i suppose we'd be like yeah look they got they got some feature films and stuff but the biggest thing was like the money into the marvel series and then i feel like in 2018 it was more like well i mean they started canning those but it was more like hey look we're willing to buy these these films up that people are having and we're willing to turn some away like the the sherlock holmes yep. feral one they're like fuck that shit but uh, <laughs> <laughs> smartest <laughs> financial decision they made all year <laughs> They do make decisions. Uh, so that is our number one best movie, uh, streaming original movie of 2018. And as Nick steps out of the door after that one, let's move on to best sequel, top five sequels of 2018. Uh, I feel like to kick this off, we need to make a <laughs> clarification. <laughs> yes. So the time period in which these best of is set is from mm-hmm. the best of is from December 14th, 2017. December 
14th, 2018. Yeah. yeah just to let people know in advance. Okay. Specifically for this category. Okay. I mean, where it's super relevant, I feel. Yeah. Possibly yeah. more so than any other category in any <laughs> other category out of all the categories, but yeah, okay. Yeah. That'll make sense. Foreshadowing. At number five, we have Deadpool 2. Actually, that may have been me. Oh, you're living the dreams, DP. Yeah. Devil me care attitude. <laughs> Strong guys. Uh, the sequel, I I personally didn't think it was as good as the, yeah, the first it was one. Fine. But it was a fine sequel. It was a fun sequel. It built upon some aspects of the parts. Not didn't do some stuff, but overall, it, it wasn't a fun movie. Yeah. The kid like was amusing at times. Wasn't what? talking about a butt shank. I think that's what it was. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do we have at number four? Number four, we have Paddington 2. Oh, Lucy always dreamed of coming to London. If she saw this, it would be like she were finally here. Oh, Lucy! Oh, Paddington. This is just pure joy put under, put into... Tiny cinema frames, 24 frames per second, and directed straight into your eyeballs with audio goodness. Um, it's just a combination of a bunch of brilliant things. Paddington just looks brilliant as a CGI character brought to life. He's like full of joy. Can't help but feel happy when he's around. There's, I feel like there's a Wes Anderson like influence, particularly with the uh, jail. It's de- it definitely invokes... Grand Budapest Hotel and other things. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's so good. Hugh Grant gives one of the best performances of his career as the villain. Um, it just It's just, I needed to, we watched a bunch of, I watched a few depressing movies right before the last couple of days. Needed something to make me feel good. I put on Paddington 2 and now I'm a changed person. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Paddington 2 is just utter joy. It is everything Ash just said. It is a perfect movie. It's enjoyable by all ages. And I don't mean to say that's like a kid's film. It's just simply a movie that's enjoyable for all ages and different aspects will work for different from adults to kids. And that I've, that's one aspect that makes it so great. But the film's great. It's great script. Great acting. Voice performance. Yeah. Beautiful film. Amazing. Just a film about it's people being nice. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just nice people for a change. Be nice to one another, except Nazis and racists and stuff like that. That's the message of the movie. <laughs> I don't think it was that specific. <laughs> I was just clarifying for those playing uh, at home. And, and that's, this is the movie we had to set up that clarification for at the start, of y- course. The sole film, yeah. Yeah. Uh what do we have at number? Uh, oh, hold on. Uh, it's, uh, at number three, we have Mission Impossible Fallout. Your mission should you choose to accept it. I wonder, did you ever choose not to? The end you always feared is coming, and the, the will be on your hands. See? Fuck, I can't actually Sixth, remember that. Sixth, Sixth yes. film. 
Sixth entry in the long-running <laughs> Mission Impossible franchise. Uh, of course, it, it went Mission Impossible. That's okay. Mission Impossible 2. Fuck no. Mission Impossible 3. Oh, yeah. kind of did an okay job, JJ. And then Mission Impossible Ghost uh, Recon. Protocol. Protocol, thank you. Fucking, it's been a long day. Yeah. Uh, and then from that point to where we are now is kind of the prime age of Mission yeah. Impossible films, I feel. Even though you kind of needed three to get to this point. But uh, Mission Impossible Fallout is also... As much as it is a sequel to the rest of those five previous films, it is also basically a direct sequel to the, the one prior to this. Yeah, so um, that makes it even more of a winner in this it's a sequel double category, sequel. I feel. It's a double sequel, yeah. It's a sequel in many, many, many different ways. Uh, just builds upon the action, builds upon the explosiveness, builds upon Tom Cruise doing ridiculous things. Fantastic. Give me another one. I'm ready. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if Tom Cruise's body can take much more. I mean, he actually got injured on this one. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, which is surprising that it hasn't happened before. But uh, and I'm pretty sure the shot is in the film because it is I mean, in the film. You can if you're going to injure your, if you're going to break your ankle, why not show it on film? Well, yeah, he film he breaks his ankle and he he limps off off screen to get just close off the shot because that's how much of a Better. a pro, pro he is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's in the movie. You can see him limp off frame, <laughs> and yeah. then they cut yeah. to the next shot, which is like. Two, three months later, yeah. and he's running again. So. <laughs> and it's surprising that's like. the thing that he got injured doing. Yeah, out of everything. It's Not a, the, the uh, diving off a motorcycle or a. Well, I mean, it was jumping across a rooftop to another rooftop. Yeah, that's true. So it's, it's not exactly child's play. No. <laughs> uh, what do we have at number two? There number two Avengers Infinity War. To bring together a group of remarkable people to see if we could become. Something more. So when they needed us, we could fight the battles. That they never The penultimate movie in this book or chapter of the Marvel Universe. Um, The bringing together of all the different franchises that haven't been able to connect before. The Guardians of the Galaxy meets Thor. The Doctor Strange meets everybody else. Spider-Man talks to the Incredible Hulk. It's incredible and brilliant. And it's it's just a delight to watch. Um, And it had one of the ballsiest endings of a film we've seen in a long time. Mm. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, definitely one of the year's best sequels, though. One of the most talked about endings. of. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Definitely one of the year's best sequels, though, for sure. Of a long-running franchise, or whether you look at at the franchise as Marvel in a whole or just the Avengers line of films, I guess either one or the other at this point. Mm-hmm. And our number one best sequel film of 2018. What are you laughing about, Ash? Is Star Wars: The Last Jedi? I've seen this raw strength only once before. It didn't scare me enough then. Now. Let the past die. Kill it. Fine print, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I, look, I, I don't find it any weirder than look. It's it's our year, you know. We set a year. It fell, it fell into the date. I'd also like to clarify, I didn't set the year specifically to get this in as the best sequel. And of all the fucking awards I could like mess around with the rulings to get, it wouldn't be to get this 
the best sequel. I could have done without. It just happened to fall into a date and then was like, well, can we wait for the last Jedi? I was like, yeah, like, <laughs> we can. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a great sequel. Despite what some people would say. I love I love The Last Jedi. I know a lot of people hate it. I love it for everything it does to strip away what what people conceive as a Star Wars movie and franchise. And it basically takes everything everyone wanted, including myself, from <laughs> episode eight and flushes it down the toilet and Rod Johnson goes, here, how about this? How about I offer you some, some different routes? We could go with this movie. And I was ready to accept them all and eat them up and be like, take me on the journey, Ryan Johnson. Most people, though, it seems, were just like, no, give me the fucking... Uh, no, no, give me what I expect. Just give me what I expect. And then he's like, well, I gave, like JJ gave you what he expected and you weren't happy then. Uh, yeah, but that was too much the same. <laughs> fucking Star Wars fans, man. <laughs> Fickles. Fickle beings is what they what are for sure. What was the movie sure. that came out recently where they did the... the Everybody's connected thing. I can't even remember. It wasn't that important. <laughs> no. Anyway, that's our number one sequel on our top five list. Also, I can't believe you mentioned The Last Jedi and didn't mention Porgs. Yeah, the greatest I'm, addition to the Star Wars universe. <laughs> that's exactly why it's number one on our list. Not for <laughs> anything else other than Porgs are in that movie. Moving on to our best directors. Harry Potter, that's directors. what it was. Crimes of Grindelwald. Everybody's connected. Oh, yes. That's right. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, there you go. To say, that's it, that, say that you movie. Uh, Star Wars fanboys who want everybody to be connected to everybody. Go watch Star Wars. The, um, go watch Harry, Harry Potter, Potter. Fantastic Beasts. That's the franchise for you. <laughs> but who do we have at number five in the best directors category? Ash? Number five, we have Jamie Chazelle, the first man, the Neil Armstrong biopic. Uh, Buzz, this is Houston. F. Two, one one sixty a second for shadow photography on the sequence camera. Okay. I Damien Damien Chazelle is definitely one of my favorite directors at the moment. Um, a little bit biased, of course, of how much I love La La Land, but I also really really like Whiplash, and I really really enjoyed First Man. So, and I also enjoy how versatile he's proving to be as a director you know whiplash is like a musical thriller la la land is an old school proper like musical movie and first man is a biopic tense drama i guess you know like it's a it's a, it's a look into like as much as the movie revolves around the 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 moon mission to to nasa to land on the moon and the the race against russia which kind of is mentioned at times and of of course is part of the movie and you get to see other people who are part of the the team and NASA and the moon landing mission, et cetera, et cetera. The movie is called The First Man and it is focused on solely that one man. It's not like there's other movies that have delved more into more about the landing, but this movie's like, this is Neil Armstrong. This is kind of his story and what it's about. And it tackles some stuff about like what that does for him as a, like what it does as a mental state for him, like working that hard on that and uh, what that does to his family, what that does to his wife, you know. So these are el elements dived into the movie and uh, Damien Chazelle does a really good job at directing all those fantastic scenes, of course, but then he also puts together some really, really tense, which he has pro he's proven to done tense scenes really, really well with in Whiplash. And here he does tense, tense scenes uh, differently and builds upon them as 
You get to see that the ships take off, the many training missions that ended death for some people, that uh, nearly ended death for a lot of people. So overall, it was a really fucking fantastic movie to watch in IMAX, and I'm really, really glad that I got the experience of watching it in IMAX instead of just at, at home or in a regular cinema. And uh, another hit for Damien Chazelle. Number four, we have Ari Aster for directing Hereditary. I didn't feel like a mother. But she pressured me. Then why did you have me? It wasn't my fault. I tried to stop it. How? I tried to have a miscarriage. His first uh, feature-length film in which he dives into horror hard. <laughs> like, it's one of the standout movies of the year uh, for a lot of us here at the Explosion Network. And I'm going to honestly be quite surprised if it isn't also a standout movie for the Oscars when they start announcing some stuff uh, shortly, I'd, I'd, I'd say. I'm not sure if they've even announced when they go. But um, magnificently, uh, magnificently put together movie piece by piece, uh, just you could tell it was really storyboarded out well. Like he had a vision from start to finish and that plays out so well because a lot of the film does revolve around um, Tony Collect's character who does uh, like dollhouse diorama displays, like that's her, her job. And a lot of the movies kind of put together in these these frames that look like all the characters are di- uh, inside some sort of dollhouse or characters or sitting inside the, these things and it works out really really well for the film and it's tense as fuck it's terrifying it's it's like nothing else we've seen like we've seen in 2018 for sure area Ari Aster for hereditary what do we have at number three ash we have Gilmero del toro for the shape of water all that i've ever been brought me here to him See, you're saying him. It's a him now. It's a... You just hit me. Eliza, let go of me. I'm looking. I'm looking. You've never... The one man who could make a movie about a sea monster and make it Oscar Academy Award winning. Yeah. Win Best Picture. Yeah. Uh, uh, Pause. It's funny how we like clarification for Last Jedi, but um, for this... Even though it won Best Picture for 2017, we don't need to clarify. <laughs> because it definitely came out in Australia late because Australia sucks. Yeah. Why can't we get things at the same time? I don't know. But anyway, continue. Anyway. Uh, yeah, this is just a beautifully shot film. I mean, so in creative and inventive and uh, yeah, just a love letter to monsters that Gilmario Del Toro, only Gilmario Del Toro could deliver. So incredibly acted so yeah incredibly directed he's a visionary yeah some would say for sure yeah some would say he's a, a very creative mind you know <laughs> he wants what he some of the stories that come out of his mind have proven to be really interesting and this is one that's taken off to the most critical acclaim and it's a very weird movie but it's a very beautiful weird movie its characters yep. are great so uh, you have to watch it it's a definitely a much watch film and number two, we have Ryan Coogler for Black Panther. This is musical. What do you think this is, the funeral? Which one is he in now? They're trying to lose us. We'll take the right. We'll take the 
my personal favorite Marvel movie of all of them. Ryan Coogler brings uh, actors together, creates a really great and multi-layered villain with a backstory that and a reason to be the villain that makes a lot of sense. Uh, puts everyone into these this this drama that's driven by by the character decisions, and then also puts together these really fantastic action sequences that, of course, you need in a in a Marvel superhero movie. Um, I think the the car chase sequence uh, and the the whole fight scene in the in the club and all uh, everything that takes place there is fantastic, and uh, I really, really enjoy it. And then I enjoy everything about. Well, I'm, I'm, I mean, to be honest, I enjoy the whole movie. So, <laughs> how about you, Ash? Yeah, all of that is incredible. I mean, just to create the world of Wakanda and sort of make it feel you super unique and super. Um, African and modern and yeah, just the, the visionary vision to be able to make that and produce that. And then get Kendrick Lamar to do a freaking soundtrack on top of that and get the score of the film to be so amazing and that sort of stuff. Yeah. Ryan Coogler. Yeah. He's definitely one of the best directors going around at the moment. For sure. Um, who do we have at number one? Number one, we have the Russo brothers for Infinity War. Uh, I feel like it's an interesting trajectory. I remember them being involved in doing community. (laughs) (laughs) And now they're doing making the biggest movie of the year. Um. Yeah, it's just crazy. I mean, to have all these different moving pieces connect, and people not be able to shoot at the same sort of time, and feel still feel like they're in the same room as each other, where they're all interacting and that sort of thing, and keep the secrecy of the film and all sorts of things. I mean, they've it's an am- amazing accomplishment at the very least. And you've got to admit that. Yeah, for sure. Um, everything. Yeah. Even if you're like me and you don't love the film as a lot of people do, it's hard not to just say the fact that they managed to piece these puzzle pieces together the way they did was a seemingly impossible task. So pulling that off the way they do deserves uh, praise, I feel. Yeah, even if it's just for making Thanos a character after five appearances prior. Sitting on chair every time. Sitting on chairs, now he gets to do something and you actually sort of care. Yeah. About his motivations. Yeah. Yeah. So that is our number one uh, director or directors for the, in this case for yeah. <laughs> of 2018. Oops. <laughs> that, that, I think that counts. Uh, moving on to our last category, best, uh, top five best actors of 2018. Who do we have in at number five, Ash? Number five, we have Michael B. Jordan for Black Panther. I want the throne. <laughs> hey, you, the tuna. <laughs> Y'all sitting up here comfortable. Must feel good. It's about two billion people all over the world that looks like us, but their lives are a lot harder. Wakanda has the tools to liberate them all. And what tools are those? Uh, say movie stealing. Uh, really, if you're going to talk about Chadwick Boseman or Michael B. Jordan coming out of Black Panther. People were talking about Michael B. Jordan because he's 
probably easily the best villain Marvel have put to film uh, to date. Uh, you feel for his plight, you feel bad for him, and then he doesn't go out like a like a coward at the end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, he, he's really, really great in that role. Fantastic. Um, from the second you see him, you're, you're intrigued, yeah. you're interested, and he's semi-likable. And then even once you find out he's a villain and, and he's trying to take the the throne, of course, it's um. And, and when you learn the backstory behind the reason he wants it and all, all these sorts of things, it's as much as you're like, he's the villain, you still understand and feel for him as a character yeah. and what led him to that. What led him to be the, the way he is at that, that, at that time isn't his own fault. So you kind of have to feel no. somewhat bad for him. In another slightly altered world, he'd be the hero of the film. Yeah, could be. Yeah. Um. At number four, we have Saoirse Ronan for Lady, Lady Bird. State tuition, Christine. My name is Lady Bird. Uh, well, actually, it's not, and it's ridiculous. Call me Lady Bird like Christine. you said you would. Just, you should just go to City College. You know, with your work ethic, just go to City College and then to jail and then back to City College and then maybe you'd learn to pull yourself up and not expect everybody to do everything. Yeah, I love Lady Bird. I think it's one of the best films, obviously, of last year, but mostly this year for Australia. Uh, she just gives a really interesting performance like obviously she's a teenage girl but she's like sort of self-aware at certain points uh and then yeah just the emotional roller coaster and the interaction she has with uh uh her mother played by laurie metcalf it's just yeah one of the most memorable performances i remember of the past year mm-hmm. yeah she's she's um she plays such an eccentric character i suppose is the way to yeah. put it and plays it so well and then Although at first you think that's all there is to the character, her eccentricness and weirdness or however you want to put it. But by the end of the movie, there's such a, as that character dis- discovers more and comes to terms with a lot of things about herself and her family and whatever else it's, yeah. uh, she, she really pulls off the end of that movie, I feel. And yep. that's important to bring that whole movie together. Um, at number th- three, what do we have, Ash? We have Tony Collette for Hereditary. Sneer at you? I don't ever sneer at you. Oh, sweetie, you don't have to. You get your point across. Okay, so fine. Then say what you want to say then. Peter. I don't want to say anything. I've tried saying Okay, things. so try again. Release yourself. Oh, release you, you mean? Yeah, fine. Release me. Just say it. Just fucking say it. Don't you swear at me, you little shit. Don't you ever raise your voice at me. I am your mother. Do you understand? All I do is worry and slave and defend you. And all I get back is that fucking face on your face. Yeah, absolutely deserves an Oscar nom at least for her role in this movie. It is fantastic. It is the back of which carries this, uh, this horrible but fantastic movie. And she's evil and scary and at times and then at others you feel bad for her and want to want to make everything okay and then at other times you're like go away and other times you're like come back and then it's it's a whole roller coaster of emotions with uh her character which goes through so much and has a lot going on in this movie and a movie which has a lot of uh family dilemma and argument and all sorts of things happening in, at its backbone and she she really carries the whole whole movie. Not to say it would be terrible, like everyone else is terrible. Everyone else in this movie is great, but she is the absolute backbone of which Hereditary works. Um, 
At number two, we have Donald Glover for Solo. It's just a simple jump to hyperspace and we're there. What's so tricky about that? Plenty. Can't plot a direct course to Kessel. You have to thread through the psychotic cluster and then pass through the maelstrom. You done flirting? I'm still ready. You might wanna he was the reason to go see Solo, to be honest. Yeah, that's He's, for sure. He, yeah, he was. He, he just captured you as soon as you got on the screen. Uh, just so, yeah, his screen presence is incredible in this film. Just, uh, yeah, he made capes cool again. Yeah, they were already cool, but that's fine. Um, yeah, he made them cooler. He, <laughs> <laughs> he, he definitely captures the character of Lando and then doesn't just play it safe. He does do his own kind of flourishes and brings a lot more to that character, I feel. And, but out of everyone in this movie, I suppose apart from Chewie, it's like, that's Lando, I feel. Like, I had no problems. I was like, that is definitely young Lando. I can see that. I'm sold. Yes, give me more. Make the next movie a Lando spinoff. That sounds fucking great. And every time he's on screen, he just stole it. It's like, no one else matters. It's like, this is now Lando's movie. Um, so Donald Glover did a... Absolute fantastic job as Lando. Yep. Who do we have at number one, Ash? At number one, we have Sally Hawkins for The Shape of Water. Only, I only just remembered, like, she, I clearly remember her being amazing performance in that film, doing a great job. But she was mute, so she couldn't. She she couldn't talk. <laughs> Did you not, I need just remember. No, that. no, yeah. Well, it's been a while since I've seen the film, but okay. to have such a sort of memorable performance and realize mm-hmm. there was no dialogue at all, and she was pretty much mm-hmm. just interacting with a character with no dialogue yep. at all. Uh, yep. Just yeah, it speaks volumes just to be able to convey the feelings and emotions and the story without any dialogue. Is that? It was really cool performance, yeah. A really brave performance, yeah. She would have a like she'd have some conversations in sign language, I suppose, with yeah, um, that's true. Her neighbor, I can't remember the actor's name off the top of my head, but um, that that's the only real time you'd see her giving proper language to, to talk to people, I suppose. But and at also the same to time, uh, what's her name to Octavia oh, Spencer's her, character, yeah, as yeah, well, yeah. I think. So. But for for a lot of the time, it was just like facial. Uh, expressions that she would use to express and whenever she was the only person on screen then it would just be down to her like what she's doing and stuff but she definitely makes the movie she sells the most important element of this movie and slight spoilers she sells the romance and the 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 love story between a a human and a a monster I guess and if you had a, a lesser actor who couldn't sell that part of the movie the whole movie falls apart so it is really really important that she was able to pull that off and make the role work. And she is fantastic in that role. I I think she's underrated in general, Sally Hawkins, but hopefully after this role and the the performance and praise she got, plus the movie itself, more people will give her her due, I guess. That is it. Wrapping up our top five movie subcategory stuff of course uh if you want some more top five movie stuff tomorrow our top five uh movies overall podcast will be coming out in which we discuss the top five of our top 10 movies of 2018 and you can find that and many more best of 2018 things of course at explosionnetwork.com slash 
best of 2018. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast you're listening right now to check out more top five uh, 20, best of 2018 stuff and then future seasons of top five in which we will be doing top, top five, five stuff. Yeah, good job. Uh, so subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever service you'd like to check it out on. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Vivaldil, V-I-V-A-L-A-D-I-L. You can follow Ashley on Twitter at Ashley Hobley, A-H-H-L-E-Y, H-O-B-L-E-Y. You can follow Nick on Twitter at Lord N. Pryor, N the latter, P-R-I-O-R. And you can follow the Explosion Network on Twitter, of course, at explosion pod and be sure to let us know what your top five of any of those categories are which were best actor best director best sequel best streaming original and best trailer until next episode bye bye bye